It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Friday, January 26th, with your host, me, Ray, and that good-looking kid uh, on my right, I don't know, on my left, uh, Zach. How the hell are you today, Mr. Zach? Doing fantastic, folks. It is a Friday. Every once in a while, we get some real industry experts in the house. We'll pull Dan right into the middle. Dan LaGrange, Chief Operating Officer over at Key Auto Group. Dan, thanks for being back on the show with us. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, Pops. I know we're going to jump right in. Dan, we're going to jump right in. I'm going to pull it up on the screen. There was an article a couple weeks ago that was on the internet talking about and really quantifying how volatile the used car market has been. Let me pull it up right here. Used car wholesale prices have given up 53% of their crazy pandemic price spike. Historic plunge continued in December. So folks must be wondering why I said wholesale used car prices have plummeted 56% in the title of today's show, because we have already seen in the beginning of January continued declines in wholesale used car prices. Dan, we wanted to bring you on the show to talk about what you're seeing boots on the ground with your dealer group. What's going on? Wholesale used car prices have crashed, and I don't think that's hyperbolic to say. Yeah, no, and then we're seeing that with uh, all the used car dealers going out of out of business left and right. I mean, it, it's hard out there for used car stores, and if you don't have very strong processes to ensure that you're moving your inventory and stuff isn't aging, uh, we'll probably see a lot more dominoes fall. I think this was just the tip of the iceberg, to be honest with you. Uh, so, so if if I just heard you correctly, Dan, you you are in the camp that used car prices, according to my son, and now you have crashed. Um, is, is, is that the, uh, is, is that the term you would have chosen, uh, had my son not said it? I, I think it's exactly right. I mean, we've seen a okay. tremendous downfall of used car prices. Well, have you seen that translated onto the retail side of things? Because as my headline says under my name today, wholesale small shit sale, what about retail? <laughs> And I think you're really starting to see that now. And I think that's why you see the bigger players just closing their doors because they're looking at their losses in the millions and billions of dollars. And they're thinking, I can't take these losses. I can't stay in business and sell these cars. So I think you saw that first wave of of real large dealers going under. And now dealers are going to have a decision to make. Either you hold on to your losses and pray for a brighter day, or you take your losses and you move on. And I shared some really good data with you guys um, about some of the strategies we have. Yeah, so let's dig right into that. So Dan, and and for everyone that's curious, gang, this is what Car Edge and what me and my dad are all about. It's about transparency. It's about peeling the curtain back on the industry. That's what my dad did. When we started the channel, now we get to bring in folks like Dan to help us do that. This is a screenshot from your inventory management system, Dan, correct? Um, yes. Can you walk us through what we're looking at here and and why you think it's relevant for our conversation? Yeah, absolutely. So um, at the stop there, at the top there, you see the actual VIN number, which you could search in Google right now, which would pull you to this um, vehicle. So, you know, there's no smoke and mirrors. There's no games here. Um, this was a vehicle that was actually purchased at auction 137 days ago. Retail ready, no bad car facts, no crazy stories with it, anything else. Um, and you see that we're advertising it right now at $36,999. And our true cost in that vehicle is $44,110. Um, the percent of market is 83%. So 100 is right in the middle of the market. So essentially, we're over 20% below market value on the vehicle. And that's just because we're not going to end up in the same position as these other dealerships. We want to make sure this vehicle is gone within the next 14 days. So let's tie that back to your question, Dad, of wholesale, schmo yeah. sale. What about retail? Is it really then a matter of 
practical operators or pragmatic operators versus irrational operators, because we have seen just this past week, multiple used car only dealerships go under. And it's probably got to be because they didn't take what do you always say, Dad? First loss is your best loss. And I'm pretty uh, sure Dan's putting that into practice. Yeah, yeah. Typically, your first loss is your best loss, and and I, I guess you you can boil it down to this for the the dealer groups, the used car dealer groups that have gone out of business, is that they wanted to believe that the market, this the retail market, should be based on what they own the car for as opposed to what the, the public would pay for it. And just because you own it for too much, just because you bought it for too much, as it turns out, doesn't mean that you can sell it for too much. What you paid for it is irrelevant to what its value is. And if the, if the wholesale value continues to decline, you have a choice. You can sit on it and eventually go out of business. Mm -hmm. Or as as Dan's doing, you look at it and you go, what do I need to do to get rid of it? So I can turn that loss, I can get cash out of it and reinvest it in something that we should be able to sell for a profit moving forward. I believe that's what you're doing. Absolutely. And a couple of weeks ago when I was on this show, I said, hey, dealers are going to have to look in the mirror and say, hey, I can replace this car for $4,000 less than I'm than I'm asking for it. What do I do? Um, and I think the decision's clear, but I guess we'll see what everyone else does. Now, the the, the I, I don't know the, how the hierarchy of Key Auto works. Is, is it is it a consortium of owners? Is it one owner? Um, I, I'm assuming that your bosses, that you you have bosses, um, mm -hmm. that they're in agreement with the way that you're trying to to uh, maintain your inventory. Yeah, we have one owner. His name's Anthony DiLorenzo. And at the end of the day, of course, I mean, we we understand where the market is. We forecasted this. We're, there's no shock to us this was going to happen. Um, as great as the last three years were, they were unsustainable. And they absolutely in agreement that we need to move vehicles, replace them, and, and then give our customers the best deals possible. If I may, Pops, yeah. I just want to pull up what the other operating philosophy is. It's being on car dealership guy's Twitter account, you know, kind of I, just announcing, hey, we went out of business. I mean, look at Sonic Automotive. No, look at Sonic Automotive. Last year, they closed down eight Echo Park locations, and they just closed down Another, Northwest. I guess, Northwest Motorsports yeah. was 11 locations. That's Sonic, a publicly traded. So you would think smartest, you know, they probably got some Wharton MBAs over at Sonic Automotive because it's a publicly traded auto group worth billions of dollars. And if you're not practicing good inventory management right now, you are closing down shops. And so, no, I, I can't imagine it feels good, Dan, waking up. You know, and you're looking at your inventory, and, and not all of your vehicles are seven thousand dollar losers. But it can't feel good to look at this, but it also has to be like a pragmatic approach of if I can't move it at $7,000 under, I mean, what are my other options? Like, I got to go replace this thing because it's just it's tying up your capital, which which should go to another vehicle. So it really is a buyer's market or, or the, the earliest stages of a buyer's market. That's exactly what I was trying to say last podcast as well. Is it is a buyer's market. You just have to find the dealerships that's given the unbelievable deal. That vehicle is twenty percent, twenty five percent below retail market value. So I don't anticipate another thirty percent loss in used cars. They they can't go to zero. So I think I'm giving the deals at the very bottom of the market right now to consumers. 
So that allows me to free up capital as well as consumers get that you know, unbelievable deal. So consumers don't have to wait to purchase. It is a buyer's market. It's just finding that deal. Definitely. If I may, uh, where do you where do you see the used car market going over the next 60, 90 days? I think we have a little bit more of a downturn, but then it's going to be tax season. So I don't yeah. also see another 10 or 20 percent increase. I think we'll see some stability. And that's all this business needs. No one can run a business on 5 percent margins when retail values are crashing 36 percent. It's no surprise to me people are going out of business. But that also doesn't mean all these stores are in the clear. Because if they're not managing the inventory now, we'll see more dominoes fall. And it's going to be the smaller single point dealerships instead of the large auto groups with good processes. Definitely. I want to remind everyone, I want to just take a quick second. So Dan's with Key Auto Group. If, if you're interested, go do a Google search. I will say all of the deals back with Key Auto Group, you can get them and you need to get them through caredge.com. We have processes set up behind the scenes to make this really incredible experience for you. So not only are we able to get industry insights from Dan, which we appreciate, and our other uh, partners that are in the industry, which we really, really appreciate. You can also secure these deals back on caredge.com. This is this is partly why we're running the, the Chevy Trax promotion that we're running through the end of the month uh, to try and help people get affordable transportation and never even have to walk in to the dealership. So please go to caredge.com to secure these opportunities. And if you want to do a Google search or learn more about Dan, do it. He's obviously an open book and uh, their company, uh, we're, we're happy, happy to be uh, partnering with them. Go for it, Pops. Dan, what is your normal... Um aging policy. The reason I ask, I was with a group at one time and we were at a dealer meeting and they went, they went around the table. There were like 20 sales managers there and each store was, Oh, you know, we have a 45 day aging policy on pre-owned or, or 60 days or 90 days. And I was the last one. And I worked for a group that, well, they had no aging policy. It was, I, I said, we believe in the fine wine concept that the longer it sits, the better it becomes. Um, you know, it ages like a fine wine. I'm I'm pretty sure that's not your concept. What 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 is the the normal aging policy at your stores? Well, the, the fine wine strategy actually worked really good during COVID. The worst dealers did the best. You know, it's crazy. That was a that was a one time thing. I mean, you had vehicles appreciating by two thousand a week. Um, yeah, so, but that doesn't that doesn't happen often. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't think it's ever going to happen again. Um, our policies, they have it gone by 90 days unless it's a vehicle that we like, that we think our customer will like. So that's why you see that huge discount. And I think that vehicle is 134 days old. Yes. Um, because that is a good vehicle for our customer. And that's something we'd rebuy. So it's kind of silly to sell something and then rebuy the same vehicle. Um, but for the most part, we want them gone by 90 days. Um, and, and is your theory that you're better off taking a retail loss up front? with the hopes of mitigating some of that loss through uh, through the F&I process, rather than just taking a giant wholesale loss, sending it to the auction? I think it depends on the vehicle. We do send some vehicles to the auction if it's just something that doesn't really fit our mold. So if we tried a, an off-brand, like a BMW, for example, and it's 90 okay. days old, it's not worth chasing for us. You know, Just replace yeah. it with something that will sell. But for the most part, it's always better getting a retail buyer. You build a relationship. You help your service department. You help your finance department. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of different departments that interact to assist that customer. I want to pull up a comment that came through in the chat. And I want to pull this here from MK. Isn't there a generally accepted algorithm that can do all these calculations, The real, you know, do it in real time, manage the inventory, including the necessary selling price? And I want to pull back up 
another image that Dan sent over. So this is a 2020 Subaru Outback y'all have at one of your stores, and you've got a front end loss right now of $2,853. And I want to double down on where it says adjusted percent a market, you're at 90%. What MK is saying is, isn't there an algorithm? Yeah, there is. It tells there everyone is. what the market is, and then you can price above or below that. You're 10% below the market, which is super interesting to see. Yeah. And even if there was an algorithm, every dealership strategy is different. So there would be no you know, consensus on where everybody wants the price because there are smaller dealerships that are, can't do the volume. So they have to make margins on every single vehicle or there's massive auto groups that don't really care about profitability. It's about increasing revenue. Um, so it really depends on the dealer. So I don't think you'll ever see a one size fits all tool to automatically price your inventory. Which kind of goes back to your story, Pops. You worked for an owner who did not want to see a vehicle sold at any front end loss, and you had to hold on to cars in perpetuity. You, you've talked about cars that had birthdays, multiple, multiple birthdays, multiple, because because his theory was um, that eventually you'll have the only one in the country, and somebody will want it, and there's only one place for him to come and get it. Um, you know, but that. You know, if if that takes 800 days, whatever profit you made, you didn't really make it. You, you sat on that money for it didn't return anything for the first 800 days. Um, you know, the idea is that 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 little spot that that vehicle sits in that little piece of real estate, that's worth a lot of money. And mm -hmm. and you need to have a product sit in that space and then sell it right away and put another product there that'll sit in that space and sell it right away, as opposed to have one product sit in that space for 800 damn days. Um, you can make more money turning them more rapidly um, because you're going to sell more vehicles and you're going to give your finance office a, an opportunity to make some money. And and I, I will say this, that that, that same operator, um, he didn't... he. If if I were to take a loss on a vehicle, and and I and he, well, why would you do that? Well, we made thirty five hundred dollars in finance, but one has nothing to do with the other. Was his response, and and I I don't know. I always thought they went to the bottom line profit so that they really did have something to do with the other. But but his thinking, he didn't want to hear it. He did not want to hear it. And no, it was not Penske. Um, because Mr. Penske wouldn't operate like that. <laughs> yeah. Super interesting, Dad. Dan, can we switch gears just for a quick moment? And can we talk about the new car market? Do you have a couple minutes? I know you're very busy. So I want to Yeah, absolutely. That. So what are we seeing in the new car market? I'll queue up something here. I was just playing around this morning back on CarEdge.com using the car search. I found this is a, a, a Silverado 1500, brand new Chevy Silverado 1500 in Southern California. So here's your pulse on the market in Fremont, California. There's a 311 days supply of light of uh, you know light duty pickup trucks, Chevy Silverado 1500s. What are you seeing with your group down on the new car side? Um, are you seeing you know kind of downward or pricing pressures there as well? I think we're going to continue to see increased rebates from the manufacturer just to move inventory. 
we're we're in a pretty good inventory spot right now. You know, the manufacturers want to stay around that 60-day supply. So I don't think there's a massive oversupply or undersupply as a general rule of thumb. Um, obviously, other brand, different brands have different strategies and what they're trying to accomplish. Um, I'm in a Chevy store right now, you know, light duties. That is one of the slower movers. I think you're going to start seeing finance specials. But then they have the affordable vehicles that are selling off the shelves, the tracks, the trailblazers. So I think customers are really pushing towards affordability right now. And I think manufacturers are going to have no choice but to follow the customer's wants and needs. Do you, Definitely. Do you see um, a movement towards more leasing from the manufacturers trying to get more customers to lease a vehicle for 36 months so that you guys can have them back in your store in three years? Um, yeah, we used to lease a lot and then it kind of died down during COVID and now we're seeing a resurgence of leasing. So absolutely. And it's just because it's much more affordable for a lot of customers. You know, if our average transaction price is $50,000, you're looking at a thousand dollar payment. And when I talk to our customers, you know, that's kind of that's a payment we see very frequently now. A thousand dollar payment is not astronomical anymore. That's that's the new normal. How, it, it, I'm I'm going to ask you a personal question. Do do you finance your car? I do finance my car. Yeah. What's your monthly payment? I have I have a large monthly payment. I have an Escalade, so it is above a thousand dollars. I do. My and, wife really and, enjoys it. Yeah. And do you find that affordable? Um. It's it's not it's not affordable. No, and the interest rates are high. That's what's killing us. It's, it's not even the cost of the vehicle. I mean, my rates eight percent. I mean, I'm I'm a prime customer. Eight percent's insane. Um, but that's that's what it is. I mean, look at back to the light duty for a second. Look at what Ford's doing on their 2023 F-150s. There's 1.9% for 72 months. That's not a special that ends at the end of January, folks. Ford has said they're running that through March. Okay, yeah. that's a nationwide program. So I think that speaks volumes. To you know what what a lot of these OEMs are seeing on on it pains me to say it but on expensive vehicles pickup trucks especially base or, or entry level trim pickup trucks shouldn't be so expensive but they are especially when you factor in the interest rates but at one point nine percent that becomes a lot more attractive to folks that helps helps big time it absolutely helps big time we'll remind everyone you can buy a Ford F one fifty back on CarEdge.com as well. All right, I want to pull up a comment here from the community we've got here from Igor saying, Dan, is your used car manager now buying less cars for inventory? And are you playing it safe with how many cars you're keeping on the ground? He says he's seeing that from a lot of dealers that he knows. What's what's your take on that? So we cut down inventory about 180 days ago. Um, say the group we wow. normally wanted to run at 3,000, we cut it down 30%. So I'm actually doing the opposite of that. And I'm slowly increasing my inventory now because I think we're closer to the bottom, the local bottom, not the forever bottom. Cars will depreciate forever. Um, but I think we're closer to a local bottom than we are any sort of top. So I think investing now is a good idea for that spring market. Interesting. That's super interesting. We saw tons of volatility in the used car market last year. Probably, what did it start? Maybe like three, four weeks from now, Pops? It was just like insanity. Well, Used we, cars we, were appreciated again. Well, we saw wholesale values last year. It started to increase in January. Which yeah, was, that's a good point. Which was highly unusual. And and so far this January, it, it it's reverting back to the norm where they're continuing to depreciate. Hence my theory that we're on to... to more normal seasonality this year than I think we have been in years past, um, which is why I, I think Dan is is buying up a little inventory now before it goes up in, in price. Which it will. This is what happens. Yeah. It always does. It, during it does every, every, every February, March, and April. I mean, it just does. 
Yeah. All right. I want to turn our attention to a chat comment here from Coach Felix. Very, very, very kind. And sorry, Dan, thank we you. are not able to split that three ways. So that's that's going to be my bad. <laughs> um, but Coach Felix, thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Is it a good idea to hold the buy moment and wait for a better uh, price in February or March? So let's let's break this one down and then Dan will let you get back to your day. What do you guys think? We just kind of heard from Dan. He thinks maybe the bottom, at least in his area and, and, and what's going on there, it's pretty soon. And then things should maybe bounce back on the used car side. Are you following the same logic there, Pops? Or are you thinking something slightly different? Uh, I, I, I think that used cars will start to go up in value retail-wise. Um, late February, beginning of March, because it's tax season. I I believe that new car inventories are still continuing to rise faster than what many of the manufacturers had hoped for, and that they will be forced to increase incentives in Jan- in February and March in order to start moving those vehicles. Because the one thing factory reps don't want to hear when they come in and visit a dealership is, uh, hey, what are you guys doing to help us move all this crap that's sitting here? Because uh, typically they come in and, and, they, and, they, and they beat you up because you haven't sold enough cars. Um, but when, it, when it's on their shoulders to help you sell them, they don't want to, they're going to come up with programs. Do, do you think so, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. In in its pockets, you know, it's not every model, it's not every make, but there are specific vehicles that that are really hurting. And I think a perfect example is the Gladiator right now. Mm-hmm. So they have 20% off Gladiators. You're talking up to $15,000 off. So yeah, it might be time to start considering a Gladiator. You know, it, and I do feel for those people that paid MSRP plus three years ago, um, but maybe now it's time to trade out of that one into 20% off, try to negate some of that negative equity. I, you got to take advantage when you can. Yeah, I think you're right, especially when the OEM is the one underwriting it. And there's, like we've discussed, it's a buyer's market, not a seller's market. So there also are pressures on dealers to be more competitive on pricing. That's a whole you know major takeaway from today's show. Again, want to thank Dan for being a part of today's show. Second time joining us. want to remind everyone, CarEdge.com, we have all sorts of deals. Literally, you do not have to go into a dealership, talk to a salesperson, anything like that. You just press a few buttons, talk to our team, and a car shows up in your driveway. Incredibly proud of the work we've done. Actually, Dan, maybe we'll wrap there our segment with you. So far, so good working with the Car Edge team, or have there been bumps in the road? Well, you can, you can lie, Dan. Go ahead and lie. <laughs> no, it, it's been great. The infrastructure building up to what we have now for the customer is a little challenging, but now it's as simple as click, buy, and it's in your driveway within two days. I mean, sometimes quicker. So it's a very seamless process, um, and I urge all customers to go through Car Edge. Don't even reach out to us directly because I can ensure you know, we don't have the process they do yet, maybe one day, but no one's been able to master this process of buying online as you see these companies fold, but Car Edge is definitely getting there. You're a good man, Dan. Thanks for the kind words. Thanks for taking some time out of your day. And we appreciate the transparent insights into what's going on in the market. We look forward to having you back on the show soon. Thank you. Absolutely. Good talking to you guys. Yep. Thanks, Dan. It's inconceivable to me, Zach, just inconceivable to me. That, he reads that, the comments, folks. <laughs> I, well, yeah, people love them. You I know, people it. ask you to say yeah. inconceivable, so, yeah. but it, but it's but it is inconceivable to me to think that 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 the dealers, and it is certain models, certain brands, that the dealers are not going to hound um, the manufacturers into doing something. So, do I? Th- if if you were to say to me, do I think those incentives 
will be as strong in February and March as they would be at the end of a year? No. Uh, do I think the incentives will be stronger this February and March than they were a year ago? Yes, I do. Uh, and and it's and it's only because inventory levels have risen um, much higher and much faster than many of the manufacturers had thought they would. I really just, I'm going to put up one comment and then we're going to do our favorite segment of the show. You know, I see things like this. We're gaslighting and justifying high prices. It's nowhere near a buyer's market. I, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I'm not going to fight that. I will simply say, look at the data, guys. It's, it's like, take us out of it. You might not like me and my dad as personalities as human beings, but look at the data. It is unequivocally a buyer's market and turning even more into a buyer's market. It is a very difficult time to get approved for financing and it is a terrible interest rate environment. So it's like buyer's market in terms of price pressure on dealers and on OEMs to lower price. Very, very, very challenging to get approved for your financing and also very difficult to get a rate that you're going to feel comfortable with. We're still going to label that as a buyer's market because the dynamic last year was sure the interest rate was very low, but the price you were paying for the vehicle was above sticker. Seller's market. So appreciate the feedback, appreciate the comments. Really feels clear to us when we look at the numbers that it's it's certainly uh, uh, one of one of the one of the uh, uh, great things in america today is if you ever say something that someone doesn't agree with you're gaslighting it's just that simple no, no, no. Uh, no it's unfortunate um you know because oftentimes people don't want to want to look at the data and evaluate the data so that they can come to an absolute conclusion and Susanna's um, right. A lot of these things are dependent on geographic region. There's pro programs that apply on new cars in different regions, used car volatility. So definitely. But I, I hear you, Dad. There's there's a lack of wanting to have like constructive discourse. But we're we're good. We're good. I'm not taking any offense to that. I just no, wanted to call it out. Like, look at the data. I, I just I just use the word gaslighting when it's really happening. That's all. That's all right. All I got saying. a quick question for you. Do you think yeah. it is gaslighting? Dad, yeah. yeah, we're not even gonna do the sound bite today, we're just gonna jump right in. Do you think it's gaslighting, yeah, for a car dealer to just not even have a dock fee but instead just put it as additional dealer profit? How does that sit with you? You know, you, may I may I say this? I find that refreshing, I kind of like it too. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a certain transparency to that, you know. <laughs> We're not we're not going to wrap it up in 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 uh, this this false clothing and call it a doc fee, okay? <laughs> we're just going to tell you right up front. We're asking for three hundred ninety nine dollars and fifty cents of additional dealer profit. <laughs> now, whether or not you're willing to pay it is a difference, but but there's 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 a beauty to that. There's an openness. There's a transparency to that. It's it's. I like it. I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I wish, I wish more dealers had the guts to do that as opposed to hiding it somewhere else. I agree. Yeah. I, 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 I question why this industry requires the need of a dock fee and, and in this case, an additional dealer. Like it should, you should be able to make money selling the car, just selling the car. So I question. Uh, just fundamentally the need for these types of things and because that the environment is what it is 
I love it. I think it's great. We're making money here. This is because we we joke on the show. It's not a dock fee. It's a yacht fee. You know, yes. like it's just it's just profit. It's pro- I mean, it goes to pay for some some overhead things, but it's profit, guys. And so just listed as profit. I love that. I really, really, really appreciated the transparency as well. And again, fundamentally, don't understand why we have to have fees and add-ons and all sorts of that crap. We got rid of it when you buy through carriage, but like it doesn't make any sense to me why that stuff exists to begin with. But since it does, you know what? And, and, you know, what we learned today um, from Dan is that not every vehicle sold represents a profitable transaction for the dealership. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Okay. The the Jeep that had been there for 137 days that they're losing over $7,000 on. Now, that's not to say that 137 days ago, perhaps they paid way too much for that Jeep, yep. but it was relative to what the what the wholesale um, auctions were at that time. Now, it, it might turn out that it was $4,000 too much, and plus it's been sitting there, so let's just take a 70-some hundred-hour loss and move on in life. You know, there's a dealer that could say, hey, we need an additional $399.50 in profit to help mitigate the loss. But, you know, I I used to tell customers when we would argue back and forth about their trade value, the one thing that I never knew when I traded a car Hmm. was, A, am I really going to sell it? And B, at what price? Will it be profitable when I sell it? Every pre-owned car that is either traded or purchased at auction for the dealership is a crapshoot. You have no guarantee when you've spent that money that you are going to make money on it. Similar to when I had the golf store. When When I unlocked the door, there was nothing that said, Anybody had to walk through it. It just yeah. meant the door was unlocked. That's all it meant. And and when you trade a car or you buy a car at auction, it just means you bought a car. You have no guarantees as to whether or not you're going to sell it or whether or not you'll sell it at a profit. And and we got a list from Dan today of a half a dozen cars that he's losing a lot of money on. But that's because he recognizes that those vehicles aren't worth what they what they thought they were when they bought them. Totally. Absolutely. And dad, great segue yes. for me. You never know uh, if someone's going to go to CarEdge.com and uh, use us for their next auto purchase. So please, gang, go to CarEdge.com. We have our end-of-month promotions, both on extended warranties and service contracts, vehicle protection plans, as well as purchasing a Ford through us, Mazda through us. Hyundai just went online this morning. If you're in the Northeast and you want to purchase a Hyundai and not have to pay for it to be delivered to your door, the Chevy Trax, Silverados, GMCs, we're really starting to get some coverage here, folks. So please take advantage of that. Just let us know what you're interested in. No lead gen for any dealer. We are doing everything in-house, really trying to change the way this thing operates. All right, Dad, let's call it a show. We'll be back tomorrow night, either on this channel or the main Car Edge channel with Brandon from Car Questions Answered. We'll have some fun on a Saturday night. And Dad, yes. I hope you have a wonderful Friday. Thank you for spending the time with me, as always. I appreciate uh, it. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. And uh, Justice and I will be back on at 1245 for Car Edge Unplugged. I'm not sure if Phil's joining today. I certainly hope he is. Um, but 
And then I look forward to wherever we appear tomorrow evening at 7 Eastern. Um, we'll, we'll be filling the airwaves with some fun and, and, and uh, some serious conversation. And I can assure you some laughter as well. Appreciate y'all. Have a great Friday. And uh, yeah, see you soon. Thank you, Dad. Okay, Love well, you. I'll see you tomorrow for sure. I'll see you. <laughs> Love you. Love you too. <laughs>